Listen, uh, some of us have a story that we just, we just, you know, have been keeping on the back burner, maybe hiding in a corner because we're afraid if we share that story, somebody's going to judge us or criticize us. We don't want to bring back that old stuff from our past. We don't want to put, you know, throw somebody under the bus, whatever that's, whatever that excuse is. But I'm here to tell you that today we are going to unapologetically be a church that tells our redemption stories. In fact, the title of this series alone is kind of an alias title because Brentwood stories really are just Jesus stories. Uh, they're gospel stories. They're people who've been blind and now they see and they can't wait to tell their story and they have to tell their story. Uh, but let's be honest. Uh, sometimes when uh, stories get told, uh, we start comparing drama level. You know, well, man, that was kind of mild compared to my story. Or, wow, that was overly dramatic compared to my story. And we get hung up in that. And because of that, we just don't tell our stories. Or we don't pause and listen to what God has done and somebody else's story. This whole series is about saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't about drama levels. You know, you, maybe you didn't have any car chases or drug deals in your story. You know, maybe your mom gave birth to you in a Sunday school classroom and the Sunday school teacher shared the gospel right then and you got baptized, right? I mean, that's an awesome story, but not everybody has that story and not everybody has a Darth Vader, uh, you know, in their story. Okay, so listen, this is just about saying, wow, that's their, their story. And Jesus came in and redeemed and restored them back to their heavenly father. And I can applaud that. And the same thing happened in you. And so that's what this is all about. So write this down. You are a storyteller and your story can change a person's life forever. You are a storyteller. What does that mean? That means that storytelling is not just for professional speakers or writers or comedians. You are living a true story. In case you didn't know that, it's based on a true story. It is your story. And when you tell that story, you become God's voice in somebody else's life. Somebody who got stuck just like you did a long time ago. Maybe you got stuck in religion. Maybe you grew up in the church and you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ early on. But somewhere along the line, you got stuck and you were stuck in religion and you were stuck in in something or you were stuck in hypocrisy. You were going to church saying, yeah, my life is all together. But you had this secret sin cycle that was destroying you inside. Maybe that's your story. Well, listen, you can help somebody else get unstuck by just saying, man, I've been there, done that. And this is what God did through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and now I'm a living proof that you can get moving again. Uh, maybe somebody that you don't even know when you share your story is, is down in this hole of despair and hopelessness. But on the exterior, they seem like they have their life all together. And by you just saying, hey, man, this is where I was and or this is where I was yesterday, this is where I was 10 years ago, and Jesus Christ came in and redeemed me, and he continues to redeem me and restore me. You, you, by telling your story, might be the very person that helps that person climb up out of that hole and say, wow, I needed to hear that because I've been, I've been thinking that I was the only one dealing with this. So this whole series is about us saying, hey, we're going to be an unapologetic culture of storytellers. We're just going to be a church that just says, hey, I'm not glorifying my past and I'm not making light of it. It's just my story. And Jesus came in and took that and he has made me whole today.
and he continues to heal me and change me and use me. That's what this series is all about. So by the time it's over with, you're going to know how and why to tell your story. Now, if you're not a Christian here today, first, I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad that you trusted us today with 75 minutes of your life. And I hope that today we have overwhelmed you with hospitality and kindness that will make you want to come back. But I hope today you hear a truth that might be a little bit uncomfortable, maybe even slightly offensive to you, but you go, wow, that hurts so good. I needed to hear that. And you'll want to come back. And you'll want to go, okay, those people are weird, and I don't believe everything they believe, but, man, they're pretty honest about who they are, and they tell their stories. I can respect that, and I hope that you will, you will hear a story today that maybe is, is one that helps you take a step closer to Jesus Christ. So, you are a storyteller, and your story can change a person's life forever. So get ready, get ready to tell your story. Before we go any further, though, stand up, say hey to some people around you, high-five, handshake, hug. Hug if you're a hugger, and if they're not, it's okay. Help them, help them out. Spread the love. Introduce your guests. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Woo. Hey, how many of you are, would just, just say you're an introvert? Just go ahead. I know that's weird just to even raise your hand. All right. Um, guys, I'm so proud of you for that 45 seconds right there. That just scared you to death, didn't it? Like to have to like carry on a 15-second conversation with somebody that you don't even know. Man, breakthroughs are happening today. Yes, because I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm in the club. Hey, turn to John chapter 9, the gospel of John chapter 9. Uh, I was out of town recently, and I um, connected with a, a guy that I've known for years. We've been in each other's lives for years, uh, good times, bad times, and all that stuff in between. We know each other. We know each other inside and out. We've been there through all those thick and thin and, and all that good stuff. And we were talking and I, I was just in this conversation celebrating his life and how he years ago uh, struggled with an addiction. And because of Jesus Christ and Jesus's people around him was able to face that addiction and overcome that addiction and has experienced decades of sobriety. And we were just talking about that and, and you know, man, yay God, and that's awesome and, and all that good stuff. And and, and the conversation kind of took a baffling turn because he admitted, he says, you know, you know I, I've never really shared that part of my story with the people who are in my life right now. And, and, I, and I, I dug in a little bit deeper there and I said, wait a minute, you mean the people in your, like, you moved to this town 15 years ago and you've never shared with the people who are in your life right now? that whole part of your past and that whole part of your story? And he's like, no. And he, he, he literally said, he says, when I moved here, I decided that the past was the past and all that was fixed and redeemed and, and healed and all that good stuff. But, but I wasn't going to tell anybody um, in this part of my life about that story. And, and part of me was sort of baffled by that because I thought, man, how many people could he have helped with that same addiction? How many people, if he just had told his story and just said, man, 
you know, this is who I was and this is what happened and it was blowing up my life and, and blowing up my family and all this. But wow, um, I am a true testimony of how Jesus can change a person's life and so on. How many people would have just stood up and said, man, I'm right where you were and can you help me? And, and I was just baffled, like, why would you keep that? Why would you get? But another part of me was empathetic because I can relate to that. There have been parts of my story that, you know, you know, got redeemed yesterday or you know, 20 years ago. And I thought, man, I don't want to share that because if I do, people are, are going to be, you know, fearful or maybe they're going to reject me or they're going to talk bad about me or they're going to run from me or I might whatever fill in the blank. I have been there and I thought, well, I just don't want to share that with this person or this group of people. And that's exactly where this guy was. He was just saying, you know what? That's a part of my past. I don't want to drag it. I mean, I, you know, if somebody asked me, I'd tell them the truth. But honestly, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to drag it up. I don't want to bring it up. And that may be where some of you are. You don't tell your story whether you were lost and trapped in religion stuck there in hypocrisy and bitterness and secret sin, you couldn't tell anybody about because you had to keep up with the Joneses and you had to make sure you had your front, but all of a sudden you fell apart and you fell down and you fell to your knees and and Jesus Christ came in and, and rescued and redeemed you. But you're just like, you know what, that was that and here I am now, I don't want anybody to know about that. And that may be why you don't tell your story. Or you just were lost in rebellion you, you had gone somewhere far, far away from God, and man, there are consequences in your life that you're still dealing with, but all that got fixed, and one day you threw your stick in the fire with Jesus, and you got baptized, and, and now here you are, and you're just like, man, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, some of you don't tell your story because, uh, quite honestly, yeah, again, you just don't think it's dramatic enough. You, you just think, yeah, just, my, my story's kind of boring. I... I, I you know, my dad wasn't Billy the Kid. He was Billy Graham, you know. And, and because of that, I, I, my pretty healthy, stable life. I went to college, you know, married, you know, my high school sweetheart. And we have three, four kids and whatever. And, man, yeah, we struggle with stuff. And there was the cancer diagnosis and all that. And, you know, God got us through that. And, yeah, you know, when, when, when mom, you know, died of Alzheimer's and, you know, there's all that. But just, you know, that's just what everyday people deal with. And I don't want to whine about it and I don't want to talk about it because that's just, you know, whatever. And you don't tell your story because there's no car chases or so you think. But, but I'm here to tell you today, you got a story. It doesn't matter what it, what it, what it looks like, who, who, the, who the setting is and what the backstory is. Uh, some of you don't tell your story because you just don't know how. Well, this series is about saying, hey, here's how and why you tell your story. And this is the kind of church we're going to be. We're just going to be a church that stands up and says, hey, let me tell you where I came from. Let me tell you when Jesus came into my life. And let me tell you how it's changed me today. So that brings us to John chapter 9. Everything in the Gospels, we see that on the surface is telling us one thing. But there's layers deep of things that Jesus is doing that he's pointing to and that he's showing us. And this scene is no exception. On the surface, Jesus meets a guy. He heals him from blindness. And then he goes on and he, you know, kind of moves on to the next thing. Well, there are layers of things in this man's story and in this scene 
about why Jesus came as God's son to this earth, what that all means and what that means to us. But also, it's a, it's a matrix or a model for our own ability to tell our own stories of how we encountered Christ. Now, once again, I don't assume everybody here has encountered Jesus and given their life to him. But if you have, this is, this is how you do it. If you have not, I hope that you will leave here and go, all my doubt and all my disillusionment got really small and my need for Jesus and my clarity on who Jesus is got really, really unavoidable. So here we go. Jump in the story. Verse 1. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, or teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In other words, there's a cultural idea in this time that if somebody had a, an impairment or if they had a, you know, a, a special need, if they had a handicap, whatever, that somebody must have messed up that God had given them that. God had sort of cursed them with that. And so Jesus says, that's just bad theology, and I'm going to correct that. And so he says, verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned. It didn't mean that they were sinless people. He's just saying, look, this isn't why he's blind. But his, this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So that the works of God might be displayed in him. This man was born into an imperfect world by imperfect people and was living an imperfect life. Just like you and me. We all have a backstory. We all have a background. I want you to do something with me. I want you to say to the person to your right and to your left, I've got a story. Go ahead, just do it right now. Introverts, growing moment. I got a story. Yep. I got a backstory. Oh, man, do I have a backstory. Listen, you came from somewhere, right? You didn't just, like, all of a sudden appear on earth. Scotty didn't beam you down, right? Like, you had real parents, a mom and dad, you may not have known one or both of them, but you, somebody brought you into this world. If you don't know that, come talk to me afterwards. I'll tell you about some birds and bees, okay? Yeah, somebody, you just, somebody just <laughs> broke free there. Okay, you didn't get to choose a lot of that. You didn't get to choose your family. You didn't get to choose your DNA. I wish pattern baldness was not in my DNA. It is. Okay, I didn't get to choose that. I, I didn't get to choose some of the struggles that I have because of my DNA and because of the family that I was born into. Neither did you. You have a backstory. And here's kind of what Jesus is saying. He's just saying, look, look, this guy was born on earth just like you. He's born, and, and, and listen, yes, he's blind, and it's not, anybody's, it's not God's fault, and it's not anybody's fault. It's just the fact that he was born on this planet. But here's the deal. God isn't surprised by it. Oh, wow. I didn't know Levi was blind. That's bl Jesus, you need to go fix that. No, he knew that. And what Jesus is saying is, look, this is all the more for God's work to be displayed. If you've got a crazy, blown up backstory, it's all the more reason, all the more for God to redeem if you got lost in religion and bitterness and judgmentalism, it's all the more for God to redeem. If you were a hypocrite, it's all more for God to redeem. Now, 
Sometimes, though, we get stuck there, don't we? It's like a baby elephant. I was recently reminded of this. A baby elephant is taught how to stay stuck when it is a little baby so that it will stay stuck when it becomes a grown adult. Mm -hmm. How does it happen? Well, the trainer will go and take a spike, put it into the ground, tie a rope on one end of that spike, and tie the other end around the ankle of that of that baby elephant. And, and the weight of that rope is enough to hold a baby elephant in place. Some of you know this. Some of you have heard this before. And so what happens? The baby elephant tries to go, and it's frustrated, and it can't move. And, 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 and that is sort of the lie that that baby elephant is told at a very early age. Flash forward a few years, baby elephant grows up, becomes an adult, and guess what? Trainer keeps the same weight of rope and the same weight of spike on that elephant. But now what happens? Now that baby elephant or that adult elephant still believes the lie it was told as a baby. And that is it can't go anywhere. When in reality, one big tug from that full grown elephant could pull that spike out of the ground and that elephant could run through the jungle at 25 miles an hour. Wow. Some of you, you're still believing lies from your backstory. You're still believing that you're that girl who has body image issues and needs to control what she eats and how she eats it And you have carried that eating disorder and that addiction into your adult life. Now, you made a decision for Jesus, but you're still staying hung up and you don't tell anybody about it. You are now that same boy who's grown up into a man who still believes that you're going to struggle with pornography the rest of your life. You still believe those lies. You are that person who believes that you have to stay and maintain a religious and put together exterior so that nobody finds out that really inside you still have big doubts and still dis- and big disillusionment about who God is and what your identity is in Christ. And that's what you are here today to be set free from. I want to say that again. That is why you are here today to be set free from. It is time for you, whatever your story is, to know that you can pull that spike out of the ground and you can run. You are free. Now, I'm going to wait for somebody to shout on that one. You are free in Jesus Christ. Yes. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not trying to, to, to stir something up here emotionally. I'm just acknowledging your story. And you know what? When you stop and think about that, that you are free from religion and rebellion and shame and fear, wow, you can tell people that. You don't have to hide that story anymore. What happens Jesus demonstrates it. It says, Jesus says, as long as, he says this, as long as it is day, 
we must do the works of him who sent me. Who's he talking about? His heavenly father. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What does Jesus say? He, he, and, and theologians to kind of debate what Jesus is really meaning by this. Here's what they all agree on. Basically, Jesus is saying, hey, it's, I'm here. And, and I'm, I'm getting ready to do what the Heavenly Father has sent me here to do. So let's get busy doing it. Think about that for a second. You're here. You were given another day to live. You were not entitled to it, and nor was I. You drove here today under a sun that lit your way. Most of you with a full belly of food. You've already had one, maybe three cups of coffee. Here's what Jesus would say to you today. Get busy doing what God put you here and redeemed you to do. Stop wasting time. Stop hiding your story. Stop worrying about what the neighbors are going to think. Tell people that you were once blind and now you can see. And Jesus says that to his disciples. Hey guys, it's daytime. Let's get started. I want to say this to some of you who do not believe in Jesus. I'm not going to say today that you might get in a car and die in a car accident and never know where you're going to spend eternity. That is not for me to tell you. Here's what I am here to tell you today. You are here because a loving God puts you here to tell you that he is crazy about you. Sent his son Jesus to die for you. And wants to fix all the busted, broken stuff that you've brought to your life. That you know you are responsible for and don't know how to fix. You don't have to fix it. In fact, you cannot fix it. God will fix it for you through his son, Jesus Christ. And you need to hear how much he loves you today. And it is daytime. So you can make a decision today. To follow him into everlasting, into freedom. And stop believing the lies of your past. That you got to be good enough and you got to be smart enough. You got to be religious enough. Listen, nobody here is any of that. We are not perfect people. We are just absolutely adored by God, forgiven, and he's fixing us every day. That's who we are. And I believe you came here today just to hear that. Next. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Would you let somebody do that to you? I mean, honestly. Like, if you came into the doctor's office and you're like, man, I just I want you to know something. Like, my, my arm has been chopped off. And we stop the bleeding, like, is there anything you can do for me? And the doctor says, yeah, I'm just going to spit. I'm going to hock a loogie, okay? And I'm going to put it right there. And everything's going to be all right. You, you would be, you would run out of that place, wouldn't you? 
this, this, is, this is something, this is, this is key. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means uh, sent. Um, so the man went and washed and came home seeing. Okay, so what's going on here? Here's what we have to know. Jesus healed a lot of people. In fact, he healed more than one blind person. He healed, he healed lame people. He demon-possessed people. He rose, you know, rose people from the dead. I mean, he spoke, and one, one girl got up you know, miles away. Uh, one lady just touched his garment, didn't even know, you know his, his whole story, just knew that he was a godly man and, 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 and held on to his, his garment and was healed. I mean, he healed a countless people that we aren't even told about. But here's what's interesting. He never healed a person the same way twice. It was always different. The healing was the same. But the way he did it was different. And, and I think that's what we have to understand is that, that Christ has, has died and rose and, and, and his spirit is in you. That's all the same in all of our story. But the way we got there is all different. It's all different. Like some of you came from this place and others came from that place. And some of you went through this hell and back and others went through that hell and back. I don't know what it is, but for this particular man, he said, I'm going to spit in the mud. Now, there's a lot going on there and a lot of scholars and theologians could talk about all the implications of that particular healing and what Jesus is pointing to go read about that. The main point today is this. It was unique and it was specific to that man's healing. In fact, he didn't even heal him right away. He said, go wash it in the river. Go to the pool. And and there was significance in the meaning of the pool. And listen, that might be where some of you were. You had mud on your eyes. Somebody introduced you to Jesus, but you couldn't see him right away. And you tracked to this pool for a while. And you washed that mud away and you could see a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. It wasn't this instant radical transformation. It was something that happened over time. You stopped believing that lie. And then you stopped believing that lie. And then you embraced that truth. And that is so important when you tell your story. Because it is unique and specific to you. You've got a backstory. You came from somewhere and it's different than somebody else. But the healing and the redemption is the same. That is so critical. You are a storyteller. And your story can change a person's life forever. It can and it will. And you can't keep that to yourself. It is not yours anymore. And you are in a church family that says it's not weird for you to tell your story. In fact, every community group at this church, every college life group at this church begins with you telling your story. And nobody is holding rocks in their hands when you tell it. Why? Because we've all got a story. Everybody's got one. That's who we are, Brentwood Church. And we must tell our Brentwood stories. We must tell our Jesus stories. What happens? Verse 8. His neighbors. Uh-oh. 
the neighbors, the Joneses, what are the neighbors going to think if you tell your story? You ever hear that? You ever, you ever, you ever, when, you're, when you're writing out your baptism story and you call your mom up and, hey, mom, can you tell me a little bit? What, what's this, what, what story, what are you telling this story for? Well, I'm getting baptized. In fact, I want you and dad to be there and I'm going to just talk about kind of how our family was growing. What, you're going to do what? Yeah, mom and dad, I'm going to talk about this and, and, and how, you know, this is where I kind of came from. You're going to tell the family secrets? Well, I didn't really think they were secret. I mean, mom, you know you're crazy, right? <laughs> I think that's why people don't tell their stories. What's my mom and daddy going to think? If I start talking about how I grew up like this and grew up like that, people are going to do the math. I came from somewhere. And some of you are taught, don't you ever tell our secrets. And so you don't. And you keep it to yourself. What will the neighbors think? You know what they're going to think? Look what happens. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging and uh, begging asked, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. It's really me. I'm just a version of me that can now see. I was blind and now I can see. I don't know. I I just, I don't think it's him. No, no, no. It's me. I can just see now. And that sometimes compels people to your story and they join you. But it also causes other people to doubt. And to reject you. And I think that's why people don't tell their story. What is my family going to think? What are the neighbors going to think? Some will be compelled. And others will be put off. A few months after I came to Jesus in my late teens. I grew up in the church. I played the hypocrisy game. One way at church. Another way outside of church. I lived in that world for a long time until my late teens and I gave my life fully to Jesus Christ and, and, and went public with that. I remember, though, a few months after that decision, I was, um, I was over at a friend's house who knew me before. And I hadn't seen him in a while. And I was just kind of telling where I was. And, and, well, right about that time, a few of my other friends from my past, my old party friends, came over to his house. Hey, man, we heard you were in town. What's going on? Hey. Within a couple hours, they had all done the math on my life and said, John's not the same. What's going on? Well, here's my story. Here, And some people were curious and they leaned in. Wow, tell me more. Some were put off and just said, I don't know what's up with him. But I'm not buying it. And the same thing is true in your story. In fact, look what it says. 
Look what it says. It says that, verse 10, they ask, how then were your eyes opened? Tell us your story. And you know what it goes on to say? It says exactly what we just mentioned, that some people were like, yeah, tell me more. And some people were like, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying it. And even the religious people, yep, the church people of that day were his biggest critics. Isn't that so sad that the people who claim to know and speak for God were the ones who criticized his story the most? Let me tell you something. Some, some of you are afraid to tell your story because you are, you're fearful that religious people will shame you. And I'm going to tell you this. Some of them will. But don't hide your story because a hypocrite doesn't want to hear it. Let me say that again. Don't hide your story because a hypocrite doesn't want to hear it. And that's exactly what happened to this man. They rushed in. You can read it. They rushed in. They said, this didn't really happen to you, did it? In fact, this man, Jesus, is really a bad guy. You shouldn't be telling people about him. We don't think. And they bullied him and they pushed him around until he finally just said, verse 25, one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Look, I don't know what you're tripping on. I don't know what you're talking about. Here's what I know. I was walking around in my life blind, hitting things, falling over, blowing stuff up, breaking things. And now I can see. And it's because of Jesus. Some religious people don't want to hear that story. But you tell it anyway. Because that is your story. I was blind. I was lost. I was lost in hypocrisy. I was lost in rebellion. I was lost in religion. But now, because of Jesus, I can see. You are a storyteller. And your story will change a person's life forever. Some of you are 20 years into following Jesus. And in that time, you've struggled with stuff, even when you follow Jesus. And you have, you have pushed away breakthrough moments. You have pushed away going public, telling your story moments, because you and your wife don't want to talk about the affair. What will the neighbors think if they know we were Christians going to church and we almost got a divorce? Keep it to yourself. Because what will the church think? Here's what this church is going to think. Jesus Christ caused you to see when you were blind. And he has now given you a platform to say, we almost didn't make it, but Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you don't want to talk about the divorce. You walk around and you act like it never happened because what will the church people think? I don't know what religious people are going to think, but I'm going to tell you what the Christians in this church are going to think. You got a lot of formerly divorced people to help because you've been there and done it. You know what it's like to have a piece of paper pushed across 
a table and all the dreams of that marriage and the children of that marriage, everything is going to change in the stroke of a pen. You know that feeling of shame, of loss, of broken dreams. You're living it now. Stop thinking people are throwing rocks at you. It is daytime. It's time for you to help some people. But you've got to tell your story. You've got to tell your story. It's not yours anymore. Finally, Jesus walks back into this man's life after he's been pushed around by the neighbors and the church people. And he says, hey, do you know who Messiah is? And he says, I want to know. He says, it's me. And look, look at his response. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. I believe. You've helped me see. You've helped me see. And so I believe. And it says, and then he worshipped him. You know, you know why we, we sing songs and we tell stories here? So people can start believing too. And so people can worship Jesus too. They can say, man, that, that song, that's my song. Man, that's, that's yeah. Man, that's, that's me. I needed to hear that again. Because it's, it's just driving me to worship right now. Something greater than myself and my surroundings. That's your story. It's who you are. It's not yours anymore. You need to tell it. Listen, listen. I get it. I get it. I don't like to drag up the past either. I'm afraid I might throw somebody under the bus. I'm afraid, man. I I mean, I got to tell my story and that person was in it, but I don't know. I just got to tell it. I don't want to glorify stuff. I don't want to make light of stuff either. But it's my story. And I see now where I was blind once. And somebody else is going to get free because I share it. In just a second, I'm going to show you a story from a man named Bert Lachlan. But first, I want to get really practical. Everything I'm about to share with you is on our website, brentwoodstories.org slash stories. I'm sorry, brentwoodchurch.org slash stories. So everything that for the next few seconds that I share with you, we want you to go online. We want you to crash our website because all of you go up to tell your stories. Your story, you can tell it in four, four biblical themes. Just like God tells his story in these four themes, you can share your story in these themes. These are not original to Brentwood. They come from a resource that we use to start all of our community groups called the Gospel Primer. If you're in a, community, a starter community group, you know what this is because you're right in the midst of telling your story based on this format. Here it is, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. What is creation? In the beginning, God created. And guess what? He created you. You have a backstory. You can tell people. This is where I came from. Fall, what? 
man, this was just like Genesis chapter 3. This was the stuff that I was caught in. These were the lies that I was, I was, I was living. This is how my life was broken. We take you through each, we t- take you through key questions that you can answer on our website about what your life looked like from the beginning and how it was broken. But then, what? Redemption. Somebody, some way, some group of people, some time in your life, you were introduced to Jesus Christ for the first time or for a real time. And you gave your life to Jesus. And you know what that looks like. You know what that mud on your eyes, washed away moment looks like for you. And restoration. Just like throughout the Bible, we see stories of people who get redeemed and then they get restored. God starts fixing their lives and using their life. The Apostle Paul, Moses, David. I mean, I could, I could tell story after story after story of men and women throughout the Bible who go through these themes. Guess what? That's your story too. And so we want to help you tell that story. But first, we've got to dismantle all of the lies that we believe and all of the things that we're covering up and hiding our story in and say, not anymore. I'm a storyteller. My life's based on a true story. And guess what? When I tell it, I'll change a person's life forever, just like somebody did for me. Creation, fall. Redemption, restoration. That's who you are. So, tell us your story. Speaking of that, Bert Lachlan is the first of the stories that we're telling through this series. I want you to see his story because he's getting ready to launch a recovery group here at Brentwood Church. But in doing so, he wants to tell his story, and we've asked him to do so. Take a look at this.